Welcome to another episode of the Total R&B Podcast. My name is Larita, and today we have a special guest with us. Uh, he is a singer-songwriter from Houston, Texas, whose latest project, Nina, is coming out really soon. So we're going to get into it. We're going to get into his new singles that are out now that you can stream. So welcome to the podcast, Jack Freeman. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm blessed. You know, working hard, working hard. Of course. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with me. Oh, for sure. Thank you for having me. So much going on uh, with everything that's happening. So um, we're going to get right into it. So always ask uh, my first question all the time is, what is your first memory of R&B music? Like what comes to your head? Um, that's a good question. My first memory would probably be at home, my dad playing music, or probably in the car with my dad playing music. Um, you know, hearing names like Stevie Wonder, Donnie Hathaway, um, shoot, maybe even Michael Jackson, man. It might have been, I remember being terrified of the of the uh thriller video oh yeah that i was terrified. every halloween yeah 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 it was it was terrifying i really didn't get scared until he turned into the zombie when he turned into the werewolf i was <laughs> all right it was a little scary but then once he turned into that zombie i was like oh no i gotta get me out of here on this one but oh, um no. for me it was both i couldn't take any any of the the, the changes yeah, yeah yeah it was it was and i think what kind of helped me get over that as a kid was watching the making of it. Okay. Did, yeah. Yeah. When they did the making of the video on like MTV. Okay. Yeah. I saw that when I was like really, really young. It was man. Probably like I was, you know, obviously the album was probably about 10 years old around that time. So 10 or 12 years old. So, but yeah, that was probably one of the first ones where my dad playing Donnie Hathaway or Stevie Wonder in the room, something like that. And do those artists influence your music today? Yeah, even now, um, you know, uh, Donnie's my favorite artist of all time. I, I really kind of, I try to steer away from like sampling him or like covering songs just because I disrespect him so much. And it's just like really hard for me to, you know, because um, I, I personally feel like it's very hard to do Donnie any justice really yeah. because his vocal tone is is the only person that i've heard that's like really done it is layla mm -hmm. so you know mm -hmm. others have done okay but the feeling you get from donnie just makes it uh, yeah. a whole different thing so it's not the same. yeah yeah it's definitely not the same um but like yeah like it, it's probably uh, stevie you know um as far as production goes like i try to you know, sometimes I try to incorporate a little bit of of uh, Stevie sound and, and, and things. And, um, um, you know, Michael, Michael's hard to replicate, man. Michael's, especially because I'm not really a dancer either. So even on stage, <laughs> I, I can't really do it. But um, but musically, sonically, man, take, music, yeah. man, off the wall, off the wall is my favorite Mike album. Um, and he's done so he, he had done so much, so many things like throughout my years that I try to like get that feeling from, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. um, the Wall is essentially like a disco R&B album. And, but it's so funky. It just, it just 
feels good listening to that album. So, um, so yeah, I, I try to draw from a lot of those, a lot of those artists. Is there any artist that you draw from that you didn't listen to growing up in the house that maybe like your parents were playing anybody different? Oh man, we listen to so much in the house because my dad, my parents are in their 60s and 70s. So we had that influence of the of the the motel era and the mm -hmm. um the funk era and the and then a bit of the 80s. And then my brother is a 70s baby who grew up throughout the 80s and 90s. So it was a lot of stuff he was listening to. And it was a lot of stuff my sister was listening to growing up in the 80s and 90s. And then I was born in the late 80s, coming up in the 90s. So it's really hard to like even, uh, I'm trying to think, man, it, it people that I might've discovered. I think I was actually, I think I discovered Rick James in the house without them telling, like, like I'm a Rick James. Tell them no way. <laughs> yeah, like I'm a Rick James fan. You know, my mom was really into Prince, and okay. um, and uh, my brother was really into Prince, but so that was always playing. But like, they didn't really play a lot of Rick James. I was like, y'all kidding me? This Rick James is amazing, and um, so like guys like him. Um, and then because of it being later on in my years and my parents, I, I kind of discovered D'Angelo myself. Okay. So D'Angelo was always, D'Angelo's one of my top five. So, um, definitely them, definitely them. Dope. And then I read that before you were into music, you were into sports and it's something that you were thinking of doing like career-wise, like professionally doing sports but then you switched over to music so what made you change so the common misconception amongst my my athlete athlete friends that played with me in college i played football um at the university of texas el paso a lot of them feel like i stopped playing ball to make music okay when really i was completely just over playing football and i just kind of like washed my hands of it Okay. And then in the midst of that time, I was trying to figure out what I could do or, or what I wanted to do. And because music was a part of my life for so long and I knew how to sing, I just decided, like, I think I can write a song. And I just started. And it, I mean, it's the most boring way to, to like, explain it. But it <laughs> it's it's really like a lot of the things that I've learned how to do over time has been like me watching people and saying yeah, i could do that and not knowing because i didn't have parents that told me i couldn't do anything okay yeah so i would i it wasn't nobody had nobody ever told me like you know writing music is hard <laughs> like you know or you know that you can't just like walk in here and just decide you're a good songwriter you know what I mean? I just I just started doing it. And um, but it was the transition of like me just kind of being tired of putting my body through a lot of the stuff and dealing with the um the politics that come with playing college football and um just the health risk of just running into people for not just for the game on the weekend, yeah. but like running into each other head first for a week. 
and then having to do it in a game. Um, and by that point, I had stopped running track because I I'd gone on a football scholarship, so I didn't run track in high school. I mean, in college, but I did run track in high school. Okay. Um, so track was kind of an obvious because I because of the because of the um because of the event I ran, I ran the four hundred. It, it's a you know you can't just take three years off running the four hundred and then just think you got to and not yeah not. I did the same thing in high school, so you can. yeah yeah so you know exactly and and I ran. And I competed at a very high level in both. And once I stopped loving football, once you stop loving anything, mm-hmm. you're not going to respect it the same way. And you're not going to put the work in and you're not going to want to wake up and, and choose that thing every day. And it just became something that I wanted to rid myself of. And music was a happy contrast to the structure that was football. Okay. Football and- was wake up go to practice um go to class this 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 boom 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 music is like you can make music today if you want to or you could just not (laughs) does that help you though because sports any sport you're so disciplined and you have a schedule that you have to stick to so does that help with music because sometimes because like you said music you could like make a song one day take five days off and then go back at it like you kind of have to push yourself to do it it does it does help when it comes down to making sure that we're focused in the studio, making sure that I'm um, rehearsing when I need to rehearse, making sure that I'm sticking to deadlines and and things like that. Because um, one thing I learned about the music industry is that no one seems to really have structure. Mm -mm. And it doesn't necessarily matter if they are structured people as far as music terms go. They still don't have the same structure that you would have when it comes to football. It's because there's real consequences to being late to practice. There's real consequences to being, uh, uh, to missing your 5 a.m. workout in January when you got these boot camp things going on. And it's real physical response to what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So if you're not doing the right thing at the right time on the field, you're going to get hit. And that doesn't feel good. For the most part, there's no physical or real consequence to going in the studio and not getting anything done or canceling on the studio at the last minute. Or we got this meeting that we've had on Wednesday and it's been pushed back two weeks and then you get two weeks down and then they push it back some more. Like there's no, there's no structure to that. It's, we got a game on Saturday or Sunday. And if we don't do this, 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 and this, we're going to get our asses kicked on Saturday and everybody's going to see you and it's going to be on TV and everybody's going to be able to look at the stats that you put up and they're going to see that you threw four interceptions <laughs> And and this guy scored six touchdowns on you and that's it. You know what I mean? Like the, the worst consequence you get in music a lot of times is that you just don't sell. Yeah. And um, so it helps me, but it also is like it kind of balances out the people that aren't necessarily as structured. And um, so it helps and it hurts because it's also just like I'm a results driven human being because mm-hmm. again. If I work really hard in this weight room and if I run this right route here and I 
and I do what I'm supposed to do here, I'm going to be wide the hell open and I'm scoring a touchdown. But you could do everything right in music and still sell and still go paperclip. Like, <laughs> so is that frustrating to you? Because you come from that background where there is structure and then you're in this new, you're in the music business where there it's kind of like, you know. Yeah, yeah it can be. It can be frustrating because you want to get things done. Yeah. And you understand that, like, um, that again, where you come from, where I come from, there's real consequences to not doing what you're supposed to do. If I don't pass my classes, I'm not playing. Mm -hmm. If I don't, you know, if I don't show up, I'm not playing. I'm not even on the team. You know what I mean? There's like, so it does get frustrating sometimes. It does like, cause you're just looking at people like, are we going to do this or not? And if we're going to do it, are we going to do it all the way? Because if we're not going to do it all the way, then why are we here? Yeah, what's the you point? You know what I mean? Yeah, what's the point in in putting these records out if we're not passionate about the project? We're not uh, passionate about the art direction or um, if you don't think the song is good, why are, you, why are we even talking about it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, that's the that's the frustrating part to it. But, um, but it, you know, you kind of learn to work around it and you realize that everything is about people, right? So um understanding people and how they work and and all of those things um kind of helps a little bit but there's a lot of really strange characters in the music industry <laughs> i think that's that's a bit like everywhere you'll get like the the weird ones yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so uh, i want to talk oh sorry continue i was gonna say especially creatives creatives are just weird as hell anyway but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely um, I wanted to talk because you were saying like uh, with your transition, like you never were told like you can't do anything. And so you would see something and then you would try it out. So I want to talk to you about your songwriting. So how did you get into songwriting? Like how did you hone your craft in songwriting? So growing up listening to music, the reason why I felt like uh, I think I could do that is because I was like, all right, cool. I don't, I don't really know what the science is behind it. You know, when you go into math class, it's like they tell you do the parentheses first and then do this and then do that, right? With music, I didn't know that there if there was a real way of like, like one or two ways to attack the one thing. I knew how to sing and I knew how to count. And I was like, all right, cool. So it's either four of whatever these things are or eight of whatever these things are or 12 or 16 of them. And then they go into another four, eight or 12 or 16 of these. And then they go back to this four, eight, 12 or 16. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I and I just was really just flying by the seat of my pants and just feeling like, all right, well, because I was saying to myself, okay, well, why is it like that? Why is it four, eight, 12, 16? Why is it, or sometimes 20, 24? Because it feels good. It feels better. <laughs> it's symmetrical. You know, everything is about symmetry in music. So... Um, that's how I looked at it from the mathematician part of my head. And so I just was like, all right, we'll just do that. (laughs) But that's smart though, to break it down like that. I don't think I've heard anybody do that. Yeah. And it was just, you know, because before I knew what bars were, like when I would hear rappers talking about bars, I'm a hip hop head. Like when I hear rappers talking about bars, I'm like, okay, well, what's a bar? And then 
But then I'm listening to them and I'm like, oh, well, that is just those lines that they're writing that that's making everything rhyme and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, well, that's where the bar is. And, you know, like to this day, I you put sheet music in front of my face. I can't read it. So I had to be able to, like, figure this out. And I had to. um, And but I always but I'm not tone deaf. So I hear a song and I'm like, all right, well, whatever key this is in, I could sing in that key and just figure out what it you know, what my style is going to be. And a lot of the times my style is about making music that is conversational in a way to where it feels like we're talking and having a conversation and I'm not talking circles around somebody that doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So the e- that was the easiest way for me to come in and, and write music. Um, and so between that and just being able to count, I just was like, all right, I'm going to go for it. And it's either going to be pretty good or it's going to be super trash. And, <laughs> you know, we all write bad songs sometimes, but we just don't put yeah. them out. So, because I was about to say, listening to your music, I'm like, you're doing a pretty good job. Because even you. with uh, the album that people could go stream now, Define Love, that's a dope project. And Thank I find. You're welcome. I find a lot of your songs too are relatable because a lot of times people are, they're not really talking about love. They're talking about like romantic stuff, but it's very aggressive. So yeah. yours is very different. Yeah. Thank you. I, I really, um, I really try, try to occupy the lanes that are kind of seldom, you know, walk and the music that I listen to, the R and B that I've always listened to, listened to, are love songs. They're mm-hmm. even the cheating songs are so lovable and so melodic and so interesting that you're 30 years old and you realize they were talking about cheating this whole time, or they were talking about being a side piece, and they were, you know, that all that kind of stuff all the time, all the time. <laughs> and to this day, people are still finding out that songs are about cheating or songs are about you know breaking up mm-hmm. and we're singing them at the top of our lungs and dancing and um you know uh i try to draw from real experiences like define love was about me it was about everything that i had gone through at that moment in time and that relationship that i was in and um and all the things that come with that and um uh, you know uh I wanted to speak about those things because I know that the farther along we've gone in R&B, the less people are really talking about love. Mm-hmm. The less people are really, like you said, it's a, it's, it's a lot of aggressive. It's a lot of um, other stuff being talked about. Um, but the love of it all isn't really, you know, I want to get back to having those conversations and being more intentional about making music about about love, whatever love looks like for you. And um, so that's a that's always been my goal is that while everybody else is doing different types of R&B that may or may not be sustainable, I'm not sure. Um, I know that we will always be able to write love songs mm-hmm. and because people are always going to keep falling in love and falling out of love. So, yeah. no, definitely. But I feel like that, too, is the reason why, like a lot of people I know for me, I always go back to music from like the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, 
all yeah. the time because I don't always get that type of music with current artists today. Mm-hmm. So you do find that in your music, which is refreshing because it's very different than what we hear from a lot of the mainstream artists. Mm-hmm. So that's dope. And so for me, the way that I discovered your music was um, through Love Zone with Brian Michael Cox. Oh, yeah. During the pandemic, I was one of those people up late all the time. Up and late. Yeah, he would play your music. Um, yeah. And so then I went and I went on like the streaming platforms to see like more of your music. And that's how I got into the fine love and everything. So how did shout you? Shout out to Brian. Yes, shout out to him. Yeah, how did you connect? We connected. Um, so Brian is from Houston, and um, uh, one of our mutual friends had a an R and B showcase with Sarat back in like 2018 during the summer, and we had um, three artists on there. So the guy actually asked me to do it, but then also asked me who else he could put on the show. He needed three artists. Okay. And um, so one was a, a friend of mine by the name of Keith Jacobs, who's opening for me at this show uh, this weekend. Good friend of mine, great guy, also another R&B singer. Um, and another uh, friend of mine, a friend of mine who um, was relatively new at the time, and now she's doing great things uh, by the name of Susan Carroll. Okay. So um, shout out to Susan. She's nominated for a Grammy this year. Is all you know? Um, yeah, yeah. She's nominated with uh, PJ Morton, I believe. And, oh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we we do this show, and they had Brian come to. Uh, he was doing a lot of things with Ciroc at the time, so he had come to Houston to basically be the host and okay. um, kind of be like the celebrity host of the whole thing, and. Um, you know, I think I was on stage maybe seven to ten minutes, and when we got off the stage, he said, "Yo, uh, you know, uh, man, I I really would like to work with you." And um, so we exchanged, uh, you know, we exchanged information. He was there the whole weekend, so we hung out. And then over the next like five or so years, we really built a relationship. And around that time, so when I met him in June of eight twenty eighteen. I put out the album in September, Define Love. And um, because the album was pretty much done when I when I met him. Okay. And um and shoot, that that weekend he had come to uh when I put it out in August and the next week I did an album show, an album release show in Houston. He came down and hosted that. And um we just built our relationship over years. Um we kind of dealt with COVID and all this kind of stuff and I think it, I think we probably knew each other and was hanging with each other about three years before we actually made music. Okay. And um, when we started making the music, that's when this new album started to materialize. And um, yeah, now we're here. No, that's amazing because I'm like, I'm such a fan of his work from mm-hmm. like time. So when I was younger, I would always look at the credits and like the CD and the booklet and yeah especially the songs that I would gravitate to and I would always see the same names over and over again. Brian is one of those names that I would always see. And that's when the internet started, you know, getting popular, I would follow him online. So that is super dope. So I want to talk about Nina because I'm excited um, for this project to come out. So how did you come up with the name of the project? Who is Nina? What's that about? So the concept, 
even going back to like the subject matter of R&B is this that um, we're not making songs about love. It seems like, you know, some are some are definitely making them about love and mm -hmm. um, some are doing a really good job with it. But I was like, man, you know, I don't remember the last time a. A. A male R&B artist. Named an album. After a woman. And Nina is more so an idea and a concept. Okay. So Nina is a name that you put on the person that you envision being in love with or having this relationship with. So um, Nina is, if it's a woman listening to it, you know, and she's... Um, in a relationship with the man, that's Nina to her. Mm. Um, um, any guy out here that's in a relationship with the woman, that's Nina to her, to him. Um, whatever your relationship looks like across the entire spectrum of everything, Nina is your love interest, right? Okay. And just Tim, just for me, you know, how it, like in the years of just. Over time, how will we make an R&B music and we not dedicating it to the idea of the woman and just naming it after the woman? You know what I mean? Like we can have all different types of like elaborate names, but why don't mm -hmm. we just, you know, put an actual name on it? You know what I mean? So, um, and the next album is going to be named after a woman and the one after that is going to be named after a woman. And, oh, you know really? What I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's going to yeah. keep going. It's gonna keep going. It's gonna be. It's gonna keep going, and um, you know the the idea is to give different feels on every project, you know. And when I told Brian about that about that idea, he was like, "Yo, that's a really good idea," and he was like, "You know what?" And and Brian is a is, a, is an R and B encyclopedia. He was like, oh, "You yes. know what?" He was like. Yo, I, I I can't remember the last time anybody's ever done that. <laughs> so no, it's true, but it's it's such a dope concept. So I'm excited. I was just excited for this project, but now I can't wait to see like how it evolves and yeah. the future project projects come out. So that's dope. And so, what do you want people to take away from this album? Um, I want people to take away um, the fact that. Again, we write, we, we're being intentional about the music that we're making. We're being um, um, intentional about getting back to what um, what we know and love about R&B. Again, there's some other artists out there that are really doing a great job with it. Um, but we lean right into it, man. And we're going into, you know, we're not trying to uh, give anybody like hybrid versions of of something that we love. We we mm -hmm. want to make R&B music. And um that and I want people to um take away the 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 subject matter of how it feels to be in love and um um how it feels to make love, how it feels to um to lose love, you know, all these things. I want people to to have those conversations amongst their friends. Mm -hmm. uh, I want people to um, it's a ten track album. I want ten different people to have ten different, ten different um, um, favorites. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
I just want to make sure that everybody understands that there's that there's still artists out here that are making music for love, by love, you know, and um, and that we, you know, it, it's it's to be still applauded and lauded and 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 um and uh, pushed to the forefront. Definitely. And I do love the two singles that you came out with so far uh, from the album. So the first single, uh, you put it out back in August, which is Shine, mm-hmm. which is such a dope track. And I love that, you know, the beat changes throughout the song. So it mm-hmm. takes you a little bit like I felt like I was in New Orleans a little bit with the the bounce. And then mm-hmm. in the it ends off with like the chopped and screwed. So mm-hmm. who produced that track and tell the people like what it's about? So that that's produced about uh produced by a um friend of mine by the name of Labox, um dope producer out of Houston. Um, we so the song came up from a conversation. It's a conversation being had about you know a platonic friendship that you have, um where the girl is going through her growing pains of the dating world right mm-hmm. and you know basically all of her stories about there being pee in the dating pool <laughs> and how you're dealing with these things and sometimes you catch one and you're you start to blossom into a certain relationship but then that relationship becomes toxic and it takes a lot of the um a lot of the a lot of your confidence because when it ends you feel like damn was i not good enough was i mm-hmm. am i not pretty enough like why would he do this to me am i not um you know what did i do that wasn't enough and then you start looking at yourself looking in the mirror your your confidence is shot you don't want to go out you you know what i'm saying you um maybe not taking care of yourself the way you want you know the way you need it because you're kind of grieving this loss and that, and that man is taking the shine off of you and yeah. the the concept is to make sure that you understand that um you were attractive before you met him during the time you was with him you weren't less attractive and when you broken up with him you're still that attractive beautiful smart intelligent woman that you've always been you just gotta know that about yourself and because that person didn't value you properly um isn't an indication isn't an isn't an indictment on who you are as a human being and you should be you should still be able to wake up and 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 push your chest out and and go out there and and um and stun on them you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. now the flip side of it is the joke of like see you could have been mine and <laughs> you know what i mean and you know what i mean you letting them treat you bad could have been mine i treated you better you know what i mean and there's that just uh the the end poke at just like you know what friends talk about you yeah. know what i mean and what you know so it's a it's a dope song and then the 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 bounce and the screw at the end is just you know my influences man i'm from houston texas and we got you know, we we the land of chopper screw music, and we got the influence of Louisiana here and that bounce feel, and you know, um, Labbox is also a Louisiana slash Texas dude. So okay. we um, we we it was uh 
a no brainer for us when we when he came up with the idea. So no, the song is super dope and it is it's very relatable because a lot of like my girls say like, you know, the dating world is just trash, it's ghetto. So yeah. a lot of that talk does happen or a lot of times we get into those situations and again it doesn't work out and you start to question yourself. So I can see a lot of people just relating to that track like right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And uh your second single um came out recently, so mm-hmm. Undress. Is there going to be a video for that one too? Uh, we're working on that. We're also going to do okay. some social media things with it. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, we want to... Um, the idea is to make sure that we understand in these campaigns is, you know, no matter what the content is that you see, we want to make sure that women feel... Um, um, do are doing what the, what makes them feel sexy and the most... Um, stripped down or the most you know you know it it ain't a challenge of just trying to get naked it's it's Mm -hmm. what do you do that makes you feel amazing do you dance do you do you do yoga do you stretch do you just take a long bubble bath and get you know get comfortable and sit with your glass of wine you know Mm -hmm. um do you do your makeup just to feel better you know what i'm saying um uh so that's that's that and then we're we're probably going to do a video to that too so okay dope because that's another great song so everybody could go stream that right now too so i can't wait to see like the visuals that come out for uh for that song and i wanted to talk since you mentioned social media because there's a lot of talk with especially artists that are coming up they feel a lot of pressure when it comes to social media to get out their music they have to like keep up with pushing out content so yep. do you ever feel that pressure or have you found something that works for you where you can still be yourself? Um, sometimes, sometimes I do. Um, when I try to make things surrounding my music, when I try to make content surrounding my music, I try to do things that feel natural to me. Okay. And, um, you know, me and Brian were literally just talking about this and, you know, we're not necessarily, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of trying to be in your face posting, you know, four or five TikToks a day trying to, you know, keep up with consistency because an algorithm is going to hide your stuff because you're not like, I, I'm, I'm not into it. But I know that content needs to be had. I know people need to see me and I know people need to hear me. So finding that way that I'm doing that is going to be the um, be the proper, you know, finding that proper way to do it to where it's organic and people just understand my personality as well. Yeah. Um, and understand that, like, you know, last couple of days I've been posting uh, rehearsal footage of me just you know, singing and all that stuff. Just people understanding, like, okay, first of all, he ain't, you know, he ain't a trash singer. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> mic is on, and you know, we're not getting, we're not getting bamboozled. No, because you know I mean? well, that that does happen a it's couple a lot of bamboozling. times. Bamboozling. This is I've seen, I've heard <laughs> a lot of bamboozling going on. But then also, people <laughs> understanding they're like, oh, this guy's funny. This guy, you know, um, has good things to say sometimes you know 
So um, just trying to highlight that and make sure that the that the um, that the content is is based in just the the music and you know all of that stuff. Um, so it, it it can get frustrating sometimes because we having these calls and everybody's like, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that, and you got to do this for your reels, and you got to do. I'm just like, I don't want to. Like, you know, because I just don't come from that. I'm, you know, I, it's not necessarily how I was uh, brought up. And then mm-hmm. there's more social media to keep up with now. You got, oh, God, it's insane. Yeah, you, know, you got your Twitter, you got threads, you got Instagram, you got TikTok, you got, um, at one point it was Triller. And, it, and then mm-hmm. you still, gotta use your youtube and you still yep. gotta you know it's just it's it's a it's a lot on a person that just really just wants to make music and and perform live because another thing is i i don't want to live on our phone i want you to come to the show mm-hmm. yep. and i want you to come and enjoy that and have real experiences with the artist but i know that some of those people ain't really gonna get out of bed until they feel like they know you on yeah this, on, on social media so it's a lot of there's a lot going on, but we, you know, we work on that. But I think that's like a good advice to say to just to show maybe like one side of your personality. So people kind of get to know who you are. We're not going to yeah. know you personally. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, this is my bestie. Like, I don't yeah. know you like that, but it's good to show, I guess, some side of you, because like you said, people want to get to know you to eventually support you in your music, which is crazy. Right. But, yeah. yeah. It's just crazy because I remember a time when we didn't know anything about these guys. No, but that's the thing. Like you didn't know anything. You just like you were saying, you were watching like the MTV behind the scenes for Michael Jackson's video, yeah. and that's like the most that you would see. Or if he did like a late night talk show, yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically that's basically it. Like he wasn't on TikTok doing dances or like check this out for the summer or whatever. Like none yeah, of that. Or challenge, do a challenge. You know, like like, you know what I mean? Like it, it didn't have to be, but then everything just shifted, man. And and you know, and we got to get with the time. Mm. We just got to figure out how it works for us. And and um, you know, and I think every every form of media is is changing in a lot of ways. Like you know, I think you know, even in film, you you got your your directors who know one way to make film, and now. Mm-hmm. It's like, you mean to tell me that I did all of this work on this film and we're just going to put it on Netflix? <laughs> like, I'm sure that pisses a lot of these guys off. You know what I mean? I'm it, sure it does. Or know, people that are just using, like, phones and stuff and creating. Yeah, and then throwing it up on Tubi. And now we're, you know, you know, it's just, a, and, you know, it's just a, the conversations being had in the music industry about how to get people to, how to get engagement sometimes these conversations that I hear and I see are just insane to me, but you know, they're dead serious. <laughs> oh no, they are. Yeah. No, you'll get there. And I think so far you're doing a good job with the stuff that you share, the behind the scenes and just sharing like the different, like I'll look on your stories and you'll share like different memes and stuff. That's like really funny. Yeah. Even doing stuff like that, you're getting to know kind of your personality and then always, you know, posting your music is always great. So. I think it works. Is there anything that's coming up that we should know about? So I don't know when this comes out, but. Oh, this episode will be out on Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. Well, 
if it's Tuesday, then my show in Houston will have already passed. Um, so surprise guys, you missed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um we'll we're gonna go out, we're gonna be in LA for uh for Grammy um things and stuff like that. Um the album comes out, the album Nina comes out February sixteenth. Okay. Um oh right around Valentine's Day. Yeah, right around Valentine's Day is gonna be lovely. Um, maybe try to do some things for Valentine's Day. We're still trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just shows, man. Um, I, I know for sure I'll be in Atlanta in March for a show. Um, we got some things pending coming up. So, um, but for right now, the big thing is February 16th. Nina, the entire album is out. We've been moving it back and moving it back and moving it back, but it is coming out on February 16th. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, you can pre-save it. It's on uh, the links in my bios. I am Jack Freeman on Instagram. Uh, it's uh, Jack Freeman Jr. Jack Freeman Jr. on Twitter. Um, that's where I'm most active. Um, and until then, man, just, uh, oh, we might have some remixes to Undress coming out. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Um, sooner or later we'll be able to tell you who. Okay. And um, but some some lovely names that uh that are coming across. So we might have multiple remixes if we do it the right way. So okay. Um, so there's a lot to look forward to. There's a lot to look forward to, and then all year, man, we're gonna have a great year. We're gonna push this album, um, as far as we can push it, and um, really try to get the right content out, and you know, get in front of you guys' faces as much as possible. Hopefully I get to come to Canada one day, man. That would be dope. That would be amazing. Of course, it would be Toronto, so I would have to travel. I don't mind. Um, well, but where it, are you? I'm in Montreal. Montreal. Toronto. I'll, I'll put it out there in the summertime. It's the, it's the best time to come because you don't want to come down during the winter. It's crazy out here. But the summer is great. Yeah. Toronto has a bigger um, music scene, especially R&B scene. So... Mm -hmm. Yep. You would more than likely be booked in Toronto before. Okay. Well, I would love to uh, to come out to um, to. I've never been to Canada. I've never been anywhere in Canada. So really, yeah. The closest I've been is Buffalo. Oh, okay. Yeah, my grandmother used to live there, so I used to be there every summer. Yeah, yeah. We went to uh, when I was playing college football. Actually, we went to play mm -hmm. University of Buffalo. Um, but I've never been. I've never been to Canada. So um, I hear it's beautiful. And um, it's a good time. So Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, you know what I mean? Like all those places. All the places, man. You know, Definitely highlight know. your boy. That would be amazing if that happens. Do you have anybody, like a wish list of anybody that you would want to be on tour with? Oh, man. Um, I would love to do the Usher tour whenever that whenever that comes about. Um, that yeah, that would be amazing. I would love to do the Usher tour. I would love to um, maybe uh, pair myself with uh, um, with a female artist that's killing right now. Um, shoot, Ari Lennox, mm -hmm. uh, Alex Alex Isley, shoot Alex Vaughn. Um, uh, shoot, man, there's so many of them, man. Like I, I think. Um, I yeah, think no, a there's a lot of a lot of great artists. Yeah, I think a tour with a tour with Sir would be dope. I think a tour mm -hmm. with 
uh, Kenyon Dixon. I, I think, um, you know, these are just people that I really respect. And I think, you know, I can add to, we just, uh, I did, did a few dates with Maida. I would love to go back out with Maida. Maida was, oh, yeah, was, she's um, amazing. Yeah. Maida's dope. And, um, you know, um, and if, you know, any other legends are going out on tour, man, I think, I think, uh, that would be amazing, man. I would, I would love to go on tour because I, I enjoy performing. So, um, it's like my favorite part of the music actually. So, um, you know, so if any of those artists or representatives or artists of those artists, you know, hear this, then I'll let you boy, we're here. No, we're going to put that out there. And so yeah. you're going to come to Canada. You're going to be on tour with one of them. And, yeah. We're going to see that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before I let you go, just going to play a little game. We're going to make a playlist. I'm going to give you some moods and you're just going to tell me which R&B song you would pick. Okay. Okay. So the first one is what's a song um, that always puts you in a good mood? Great Day in the Morning by Player Player, actually. Player Player by oh. D'Angelo. Okay. And Great Day in the Morning by D'Angelo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what song would you play to turn up to? R&B song? Mm-hmm. Shine by me. Okay. All right. Um, what song and, would... And, and before I let go. Before I let go, we can turn it. We can turn it. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. That's that's a classic. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, what song would you play when uh, in love? I'm going to say right now, I'm going to say, because it's at right at the top of my head, um computer love okay that's yeah. dope um and then what song would you play when going through a breakup giving up by the um by uh donny hathaway okay yeah. that's another good one yeah. um what song would you play when you're getting ready to go out with friends outstanding oh by the okay um and then oh, what's your workout song Workout R&B. Well, it doesn't have to be R&B. Some people listen to R&B working out, but some people don't. Yeah, my workout song would probably be, it, it's got to be something by Jay-Z. Um, so I'll go hybrid. Okay. And I'll go with maybe I Know. Mm-hmm. I That's know a good by Jay Z or somebody, maybe something from, from that American Gangsta album that, that would probably work. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, fronting, fronting the work too. Oh yeah, another classic. Well, both. Um, what's a song that more people should know about? A song that more people should know about. Mm-hmm. Undressed by Jack Freeman. See, <laughs> got it. Every time I ask that question, I'm hoping that the artist says their song. Yes. Naming other people. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what's a song uh, that you would play that reminds you of summer? Oh, Southern Girl by Maze. Okay. I don't think I know that song. Do I know that song? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I do know that. Yeah, that's my day. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I do know that one. I was about to say, like, all right. So that that is the playlist. Thank you so much, Jack Freeman, for playing, and thank you for coming on the podcast again. I really do appreciate it. Uh, 
Give everybody your social media one more time. Um, my social media is on uh, Instagram is I am Jack Freeman. It's I am Jack Freeman on TikTok. It is Jack Freeman Jr. on Twitter. It's Jack Freeman Music on Facebook. Uh, I think that might be all I got. I mean, because the Instagram and the threads are the same name, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. So check me out and thank you for having me i really appreciate it perfect thank you so much again and thank you to everybody who's listening and watching this is the total r&b podcast my name is lorena you can follow me on ig at total.rmb and i will be back with a new interview